Hello, this is Diane from Diane Abroad. The show is In the Know, her podcast show. Um, I'm an international solo nomad, an author, a travel blogger, and a photographer. And I'm here to provide you writing tips, travel tips, and my views of life from savvy and thoughtful to quirky and humorous. The music that you hear, Jazz Infusion Piece, was written for me by Raphael Javadov, an incredible Russian violinist. We thank him for that music, of course. And I hope you enjoy the show. Today is the 10th of December, 2018. I'm in Amelia Island, Florida. It's a dreary, overcast Monday, kind of cold. Good day to have a fire. Good day to read. I'm going to read to you today. This is a story that I wrote, a true story that I wrote a few months ago. And it's sort of a love story. Maybe not exactly a love story. But it's a true story. Here we go. It's entitled, I Really Liked This Guy. After 18 months of traveling abroad, I'm back on Amelia Island, Florida. I'm house-sitting for a friend in Amelia Park. I love the peace and the quiet of this richly planned community of lovely homes, all nestled close to each other with manicured gardens and expansive porches, just reminds me of days gone by of a southern culture when time barely moved forward. It's a comforting shift from a frantic life of world travel, and 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 I'm blessed to tarry a bit. Granted, I've also taken advantage of this tranquility, clearing my path to connect to the work I love, presenting at the Story and Song Story and Song Neighborhood Bistro and Bookstore, publishing a newly revised version of my novel, Just a Girl, playing and singing my guitar at the local open mics, and updating Diana Broad, my website, dianabroad.com. But most important, I'm taking advantage of catching up with family and old friends, both here on the island and elsewhere, Ohio, North Carolina. But the point of this writing is I agreed to catch up with a friend, an old flame. I met him here on Amelia Island seven years ago in the lounge at the Rich Carlton during the Concourse de Elegance car show. The boisterous crowd filled every corner of the lounge and across from this crowd, I could see this man staring at me. I looked away. Then I looked back. His blue eyes didn't waver. He nodded for me to meet him on the dance floor. Of course, I obliged. We danced like nobody was watching. And we danced to the outstanding music of the Instant Groove Band. Well, the groove went on break. We didn't. The piped music filtered in and he sang the lyrics to me while actually he shouted to me. It's a quarter after one. I'm all alone and I need you now. That's not exactly how it goes, but you know that tune by Antebellum. It's a quarter after one. I'm all alone and I need you now. Oh, gosh, I really like this guy. And over the next four days and days... 
pay attention. Days is, is the operative word. We spent those days together. He was adorable, fun, down to earth. He was smart, personable, great hair, great white hair. And gosh, those lovely blue eyes. We drank wine, Pinot Noir, and he proudly introduced me to his friends. I liked this guy. After four days, he left Amelia to return to his home in Philadelphia with promises of future contact. Well, indeed, we had long, wonderful phone conversations, always sweet, always upbeat. We learned, about, we learned a lot about each other. I, I really liked this guy. We made plans to meet, but it didn't happen. I was bummed, of course, but time passed and life went on. And for the next four years, he would call and repeatedly, he said he was coming to visit. Well, of course, I believed him at first. I even believed him for the first year. Then I didn't. <laughs> Still. Our conversations were always interesting and fun. I never knew when he might call. And each time he called, I was pleasantly surprised. Our friendship deepened, and I grew to understand we had the perfect relationship. That is, no expectations, no demands, no pining, no grieving, no whining, no reference to a future no wishing, no hoping, nothing, 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 except a very rewarding, albeit intermittent, telephone relationship. I liked this guy. Of course, then it happened. He called to say that he would be coming to Amelia Island. He sounded so much more convincing this time. I said to him, well, that was wonderful, and I added, but I don't live in Amelia anymore. He said, where are you? And I said, I moved to St. Petersburg, Florida. Well, he called every night, nearly every night for the next two weeks. Laughter, self-disclosure, and his kind words increased. Still, no, expe no expectations, and that was just fine with me. Eventually, he said he was coming to St. Petersburg. He sounded convincing. I explained, finally. Now remember, this is, I hadn't seen him for four years. Met him four years prior. I explained to him that it wasn't, it was not necessary for his to come to St. Petersburg. He didn't need to convince me of our friendship. I didn't expect him to visit. His choice not to visit had no negative effect on what I considered was the perfect friendship, a telephone relationship. You could, ruin, you could ruin it, you know, I said. Never, he said. Well, I really, really liked this guy. Indeed, it is true. He came to see me in St. Petersburg for four days, and sweet Mother Nature also intervened a crippling snowstorm in Philadelphia closed the airport for two days. We had a beautifully romantic six days together. With his initiating again, 
deep and concentrated discussions about our future. Well, at first, of course, I pleasantly avoided engaging in his describing our future. Well, I, at least I avoid, avoided that for the first three days. On the fourth day, we were standing on the beach, St. Petersburg Beach, by the Don Cesare Hotel, this beautiful pink, pink hotel. He had his arms around me, and I gave in to his sweetness. <laughs> oh. We had a wonderful two days, of course, and then he left with assurance of a life together. Well, I waited by the phone for the first few days. Well, honestly, I waited by the phone for seven days. The truth, you really want the truth? Well, I confess, I hovered, I hovered over my cell phone for 12 miserable days. Now, I want to make sure that you understand why I was not happy. I was not happy for a few reasons. He said he would call. I believed him, and he didn't call. Most important, I hated myself for wallowing the self in the self-imposed state of wanting, you know, wanting, my habit of distressed needfulness. Wanting is described as a habit of distressed needfulness. The truth is I regressed to an outrageous longing of emotions of a seventh grade teenager. A horrible state of mind for a a woman in her early 70s. Yes. (laughs) True, true, true. The problem was I really liked this guy. I had to change something. I had to change anything to break out of my self-flagellation, my self-punishment. So, for the very first time, I called him. That's true, I hadn't talked to him. I talked to him many, many times over the four years, but I never had called him. When I called him, his voice was cold, his comments condescending and aloof. I remained an adult, ending the call and the telephone relationship without malice. Why work myself up into to some more emotions that would serve only to deepen my wounds? This was self-protection. It was smart. It was an adult-like behavior. I allowed myself to mourn for the appropriate amount of time. I successfully embraced the pain of the loss of the relationship, which I think is important for healing. (laughs) That's another podcast. And I went on with my life, leaving him only as a dim memory of a lesson learned. It got easier. Fast forward. A year or so later, he called. He said, I'm coming to visit you in St. Petersburg. I said, wonderful. Have a great time. I'm in Spain on the Mediterranean Sea. I said that warmly with a tinge of sarcasm. There was silence, of course, silence. Ah, I'm coming to visit you in Spain, he said. Oh, good. 
I said, thinking to myself, here we go again. So for the next three days, he described in great detail how hard he was trying to get away from his projects to visit me in Spain. I breathed deeply and listened carefully to my inner voice who was whispering loudly in my ears and pounding in my heart. This guy was not right for me. However, I didn't say that. I I said to him on the phone, I was not the right person for him. He needed to find someone else. I knew the definition of insanity, going back and expecting something to be different and, and always being the same. I knew our pattern or his pattern, and I wasn't willing to engage in it again. Now note, I was not unkind to him. I didn't blast him. I didn't blame him. I didn't tell him that I thought he had a screw loose. Of course not. I simply said I wanted him to never contact me again. Of course, as you likely are guessing at this moment, he called. He texted. He called. He texted. He texted. He texted. He called. And he texted. I ignored it all, and after a time, he finally stopped. It was over, and I was over him. Ah, yes. It was great, but, but I know this is what you're thinking, but, but of course not. 18 months later, and that was just this past uh, May, he texted me and he said, how are you? Where are you? It's quarter after one and I need you now. When are you coming back to the States? Well, swear words, I said to myself. Yeah, I know what you're thinking. Listeners, you're thinking, what, are you crazy, Diane? Well, yes. Um, honestly, though, you know, this guy, this fella, was the first guy in years, and I'm talking 15 years, that interested me, that I had some chemistry with, that I felt comfortable completely comfortable being myself and blah, 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 blah. It's true, but blah, 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 blah. And of course, this time I did not ignore the text. I texted back. I told him I would be in the States. I would be in Florida and Ohio and North Carolina for a short time. And I gave him my itinerary. I added he was welcome to meet me anywhere knowing it was a safe invitation given his track record. I added that I would be free except when on Amelia Island where I would be busy giving some presentations. And he said, presentations? About what? And I said, my books, a novel, a nonfiction reference guide to travel. He interrupted and said I couldn't, he couldn't wait to read them. Sure, I thought to myself. A few nights later, I received another text from him just finished reading your novel three m minutes ago I'm so I have so many questions wow when and where can I come visit you of course I thought to myself he read my book I like this guy damn it ah well 
as luck would have it. Meanwhile, my schedule changed and I became, it became more complicated due to shifts in my friends' calendars and book signing agreements. Now, North Carolina wasn't on the itinerary and I wasn't sure how long I was going to be anywhere in any location, in any one location. He asked me to come visit him. Come to my world. I've been asking you to visit for seven years. Now's the time. Come to my world. Come for a week. Come for a month. Come for six months. Come as long as you want. Well, it was true. He had asked me many, many times. and But every time he asked me to come visit him, it was right after he had canceled our meeting somewhere. I always said no. This time, I thought about it, and I thought, all right. I relented, and I agreed to visit for 10 days, which is a little bit long, but that's what I did. So I left for the airport, and I said to my good friend here in Amelia, I said to her, let's compare. If I were speaking to an audience of 15,000 people, or if I were visiting this guy, which would be the most frightening for me? She laughed, and she said, Diane is visiting this guy. But you know, it's important that you find out once and for all. You have two results. It's either going to be great or it's not going to be great or it's going to be a bust. I thought, yeah, she's right. So I left the Jacksonville airport with a commitment to myself. That is, I would be open to whatever might happen, the good, the bad, and the, the everything in between. I would risk another heartbreak knowing it would be the last heartbreak with him. When I got to the baggage claim area, he eagerly jumped out of his car. He looked older. I'm sure I didn't. <laughs> he, it's been seven years. He was stooped over some, but those blue eyes and that big smile and that had that hair. Wow. Be still my heart. I whispered to myself and it wasn't easy. And just as I've been saying all along, I really, really liked this guy. But, you know, right away, he seemed different. He wasn't as personable. He wasn't as warm. He wasn't engaged. There was a distance. And this went on. For, and two days later, I knew I was wasting time. I decided to be honest with him, like never before, and explain fully my feelings for him over these seven years. Call me crazy. But I really liked him. And I wanted him to know it. We laughed. We reminisced. And we drank too much. It was a lovely, tearful, romantic evening. I thought, good, we've broken the ice here. The next day, he returned to his distant, impersonal demeanor. And he added... A condescending attitude. Yeah, can you believe it? I ignored it as best I could, noting to myself that this was turning into my worst nightmare. And that is I was trapped with someone who had left this relationship, in quotation marks, before I had left the relationship. So I secretly scanned the internet for a flight back to Jack's, my escape route, but no luck. 
unless I wanted to spend $700 and I just, I thought that's not worth it. I can be an adult. I repeated to myself, Diane, you are an adult. You can handle this. Remember his view, whatever it is, good or bad, or bad does not define you. His view does not define you. You are strong, independent woman and entirely capable, entirely capable. But time was getting short. Here we go. I had two more days with him. I decided to get to the bottom of his change in his behavior from the time he wanted me to visit until now. I mean, what happened? I wanted him to say whatever it was I needed to know, and I wanted to hear his words. So we were at dinner, and I asked him what had changed. He said nothing had changed. I explained that I was confused, and I thought I was getting mixed signals. His response was nothing I expected. He tried to argue with me. Yeah, he tried to argue. Of course, I didn't engage in that dysfunction. We're too damn old to play games. At least I am. Suddenly, I had a brilliant idea, and I swear it was, an, it was divine intervention. I don't know where it came from, but I embraced it. And this is what I said. I said, you know, I think, you know... I, we missed our time. We missed the time. The time our being together could have, might have, might have worked. And now that time has passed. He hesitated. He searched for his words and said, I think, I, um, I think, um, I think, I, th I, think I, I agree with you. How adult I thought. We finished our meal in silence and were pleasantly cordial to each other for the next two days, which happened to be, you know, the last two days I was here. Now, there. Now the circle was complete. I felt bad about this loss. But, you know, with more self-evaluation, I came to know that my relationship with this guy had been a dream and not reality. In turn, I was happy about my behavior when I was in his world how I managed myself, my emotions, and my brilliant idea that led us both off the hook, free of any more awkward discussion revealing our feelings or lack thereof. Yep, it's true. Time is everything, and our time had passed. I returned to the, to the serenity of Amelia Island. I went for a run the next morning, jogging through the path covered with sweet-scented pine, needle, pine needles past a serene lake with a danger sign warning of alligators that said caution when approaching the lake alligators are present well I glanced at the water's edge briefly scanning for enormous jaws filled with sharp teeth I saw no alligators the trees and bushes canopied over the trail interrupted by large roots threatening a potential nosedive I simply stepped higher it was a great, refreshing, mind-clearing run. Well, well, that's life, isn't it? We move forward on a path of our own choosing, aware of the uncertainties, informed of potential dangers, but determined to continue. It requires a willingness to be vulnerable, to risk failure, even heartbreak. And in my case, repeated heartbreak. 
It requires a willingness, a conscious choice to step higher and to rise above it. I've learned again for the first time, heartbreak isn't the worst. Not being willing to risk love for fear of heartbreak is not living to the fullest. I'm very happy all of this has happened. I know I'm better for it. And finally, I really liked this guy. (laughs) Oh, that's my podcast for today. This is Diane from Diane Abroad. I hope you'll tune in again. I hope you'll write some comments for me, if you would, at the bottom. And tell me, tell me about your heartbreak. And tell, I know you think I'm crazy about, you know, we all turn into teenagers, even no matter how old we are. Isn't that funny? So there was a little vulnerability and a lesson learned. I hope to share it with you. And please write to me, review. Also, review this and also tell me what you think, um, you want me to talk about in my podcasts. Tune in. See you again soon. This is Diane from Diane Abroad in the Know. Signing off till next time. <laughs> <laughs>